Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed, and this particular episode is Cues of the Force. Quotients of the... No, questions of the force. We've got Q's and we have multiple A's. I'm Joseph Scrimshaw. I'm Ken Napsock. You know, our our Force Center listener, Amaranth, loves our Q&A banter. So, Amaranth, (laughs) like your uh, username, A, we got some names for you. (laughs) 
We'll keep the A banter coming uh, by going right to Audible. Today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash center. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, hey, another A, Kindle, or MP3 player. We are continuing to recommend Path of Deceit by Tessa Gratton and Justina Ireland. You can download your free audiobook today by going to audibletrial.com slash center. One more time, that's audibletrial.com slash center for a free audiobook. It really helps us. So if you want to check out an audiobook, uh, please do use that link. Uh, we have yet another A, Ken. We do ask. Ask is a powerful A, and it's not easy to ask. That's an A that's hard to come to terms with sometimes. If you're like Joseph and I, raised to not ask for help. <laughs> over the course of our lifetime and we're having fun asking directly uh our ask today is about patreon we just put a lot of um uh, fun work and exciting work into revamping our patreon page and uh, allowing a lot of you to come on board and get access to all sorts of wonderful things across the board while also uh you know giving back to those who've been supporting for us uh, supporting us for a long time or want to continue to support us at a higher level and because of that we have a patreon goal it is a monetary goal if we hit sixteen hundred dollars a month which is very very close to happening we are going to unlock a special star wars ranked episode it's an episode that will be recorded live exclusively for the patreon audience and then released to the public afterwards and it'll be a big fun rank uh, as I said, we got new rewards, uh, merch available at certain levels, and the big news we announced on the live show uh, a week ago today, Indiana Jones and the Perilous Podcast. Joseph and I have been trying to find a way, along with Jennifer too, which she jumps on to any of these shows to talk about other things outside of Star Wars, but uh, keep within within our voice and keep it uh uh, you know, in, in, in line with uh, how we approach things at Force Center. And this is the way we're going to do it. Other Center coming soon in March as we lead up to Dial of Destiny in D5. And these episodes will be exclusive for all patrons. And then after the movie is out and the general public is hungry for Indiana Jones content, we will uh, let it out of the barn and into the world, so to speak. So that is our ask. It's a Patreon ask of the day. That is very good. And I love the image of people just kind of getting up in the morning going, mm, I'm hungry for Indiana Jones content. Mm. It's a very, very pleasing visual. Uh, the other thing I will throw in here for our ask is one of the new uh, things we added is if you uh, come into Patreon at the $5 level, uh, we recorded a one-shot episode called The Positive Impact of Star Wars. And I'm bringing it up to let people know that it's there. It's uh, it's pinned uh, post for all uh, current and new patrons above $5, but also just, hey, I had so much fun recording that episode. <laughs> Last week was a little bit of a tough one, and that episode helped me out to talk through uh, with you, Ken, all the great stuff that has come uh, into life because of Star Wars. It was a great episode. I'm glad you mentioned it. We, you and I had busy weeks in, in life, as often, often we do and often those listening do, but it was particularly busy for center week, which was fun, but so much got lost in my own shuffle. I forgot we even recorded that. <laughs> it was great, but it was a wonderful, uh, really personal look at Star Wars and it's a positive impact. So like you said, that is uh, there, uh, $5 and above. So check it out. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We are going to get now into our cues, our questions. We take two from Twitter and two from, Hey, our patrons on Patreon, as always, we're going to go first to Twitter in Jonathan Steel flex. Uh, Jonathan has definitely shared questions before, and I don't know if we've discussed the awesome last name. Uh, it, it's always a fun journey for us to find out whether, uh, really cool names are, are, are real or just great handles, but either way, 
Steel Flex has a question. Steel Flex has entered the chat. <laughs> uh, here's a Jonathan Steel. And Jonathan's a perfect name to go with Steel Flex. Mm, yeah. Jonathan Steel Flex, right? I mean, Toby Steel Flex, that would be fine, but. Oh, yeah, no, it flows. Jonathan Steel Flex, you said. It's great. And it sounds like a great, like a, a wrestler working the indies in the 90s. He's got a cult following and the WWE is going to sign him to a big contract. It's a wonderful name. Uh, there's that that great meme of this sort of a, a executive businessy uh, CIA guy watching the video and going, holy bleep, that's Jason Bourne. <laughs> I can imagine. Holy bleep, that's Jonathan Steelflex. <laughs> Love it. Anyway, here's what Jonathan Steelflex has to say. Howdy, you two. Hope all is well. I had this weird idea and wanted to hear your thoughts. Of course, while speculating responsibly, we know of Yoda, Yaddle, and now Grogu. Before we knew of Grogu, we knew that there were only two of the Yoda Yaddle species. Would it be wild to think that there may be a rule of two with Yoda species and that they attempt to procreate to create another as Yoda is getting close to his death? Uh, could this be Grogu's origin? Also, may the force be with you both, as well as Jen always. May the force be with you, Steel Flex, and thank you for this very fun question. Ken, um, where do you go with this? I think it would be wild, and I don't know if I'm saying that in a good way or a bad way. I love this, Jonathan. Uh, this is uh, this goes to a lot of spots. A lot of spots. Yeah, Yoda and Yaddle secretly dated for about a year before the High Republic. No one talks about it. it, it you know, it's a, you know, it might be a shock to learn, but it was a different time, man. It was a different time. Things uh, things were different in the Jedi Order then. That, that's a good starting point for me. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, for me, starting big picture, uh, I love not knowing. I love yes. that this is one of the things uh, you know in Star Wars that has kind of remained a little bit of a of a mystery. It's become less untouchable by having Yaddle there, uh, mm -hmm. by having Grogu there. You know, I kind of grew up with the Yoda's species is totally unknown and never will be. Mm -hmm. uh, so we know a little bit more in that we know that Yoda's not alone. Uh, but I like having the mystery because then we can speculate wildly. Um, the, we've joked in the past, uh, and it stuck with me that I, I think this species grows from pods on the planet Yothan, like just trees burp one out every few hundred years. Yeah. yeah. I, I'd also point out that you said Yothan before we knew of Tython, so it's close. Yeah, Tython might have already existed in EU, but I, I was mm -hmm. not on my radar. So Yothan just popped, popped out, much like this species, pops out of pods on Yothan. Um, I'm going to add to my wild speculation, because uh, that's the fun of mystery. Yeah. That I like maybe the planet they come from, it has some atmosphere that only they can breathe. And like, even with the most advanced tech suits, there's no tech suit that would allow anyone to ever go there. Or maybe it's even more mystical. There is just like some cloud of energy only they can pass through so that their planet can never truly be known, never truly be explored. They come from mists. Ooh, oh, I like that. They emerge from the mist. That's what they call being born on this planet. <laughs> when I emerge from the mist. <laughs> exactly. So that's what I kind of think about the, for my own take on their origin. I'm kind of joking. I'm like, I don't, I never, if, if it was confirmed, if they're like, yeah, Grogu has a sit down and, uh, you know, learns to speak and tells Din like, yeah, I was grown from a plot on, pot on Yothan. I wouldn't be like, yeah, I guessed it right. I'd be like, I don't want to know. It's my joke for not wanting to know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, look, there's we have a lot of mysteries to solve around Grogu, and there's some I absolutely want solved. Uh, how did he get out of the temple? Who was involved in that? 
uh, all those kind of things. But his origins remain uh, one for me that I, I just would love to keep as a, as a mystery. Uh, uh, Jonathan, great question, by the way. But I, I just don't want to know the species of the planet. There's some great mystery. I, I also wonder, we, we are racing dangerously close to knowing, I think. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I could see a time when we do know. Uh, but there's also something to me about the felony of it all, uh, you know, and his sitting at the feet of George all those years and learning. And George is his buddy as well as his mentor that if, if and I'm, not, I'm not this isn't like a conspiracy theory, but if like they're sitting around the table having to, and George is like, look, just don't tell anyone ever that Dave would <laughs> that, or just Dave would think, you know, George left a blank for a reason. I'm going to keep it blank. Right. Something like that. I could see yeah. that. In fact, this and this made me think of a, of a rumor I heard going into season one that proved to be not true, even though I thought the sources were pretty reputable, but uh, we didn't necessarily report it here. It's not our game. That I uh, in before season one, Amanda came out, that George was involved with at least one episode was going to get story by credit or co-story mm. by credit. And because it had to do with maybe something like this. Um, so none of that ended up being true. Uh, I don't know. You know, it sounded great at the time, and I would have I would have loved that. But um, all that to say, um, I do like that you could tie it to Yoda and Yaddle, but uh, let's keep it blank. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm all for that. I, I like the idea that even you know what maybe the planet is force sensitive and knows when the time is right to pop one out <laughs> to kick them out of the mist. Yeah, yeah, to mist emerge them. Um, yeah, I think there's I, I, there's lots of stuff in Star Wars that y- we talk about the tip of the iceberg storytelling, and I'm always happy to see more of the iceberg. I think the thing with Yoda mm-hmm. is it's a it's been a part of his mystique for such a long time, and now mm-hmm. it translates a little bit to Grogu that this species is clearly not well known in the galaxy. Right, everybody who sees Grogu goes, "What is that?" You know, yeah. Even though Yoda would probably for some people was a little bit of a public figure. Mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. see him from time to time on events, particularly if you're on Coruscant, but that it, it is not a a well-known species. I think I was really, you know, surprised when we saw Grogu and, and curious, like, how much are we going to learn? And I kind of like that. You know what? Somehow, probably Yoda and Yaddle involved, he got to the temple and that's all the farther back we need to go. I, I feel like that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, dangerously close to learning a lot more than maybe I want, but I I I like where you're going with that. There. Yeah, but like I just think for me, like I like this one thing having having mystique. Are you okay with that, or do you feel yes. like you always want to know more? No, no, I I, I think it's fun to sometimes know more, uh, and I think that's changed for me over the years. I think there, I the, I'll say this: the Yoda one has always been one that we've talked about. I mean, way before podcasts days, <laughs> just my youths days of my youths uh, that I that I. Definitely was like, no, nah, I don't want to know. Other things, you know, going to young Chewbacca or Kashyyyk or some of the stuff with on. I think maybe that's why I was a little bit more open to some of the solo Star Wars story stuff than other people. Like, oh, yeah, no, I, I absolutely want to see the castle run. Like, let's do it. Um, but yeah, this one remains uh, a wonderful mystery for me. Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of you still find people who feel strongly that Boba Fett's, you know, the pull to Boba Fett was the the mystery, the man behind yeah. the mask. You'll never know. And um I it it's not like I'm happy to know his. I needed to know how did, how was he born. <laughs> the, the cloning information is interesting and all that, but what's valuable to there there to me is we got to know the character better 
Um, mm-hmm. We got to know the soul of this person by learning more. And we already know Yoda's soul and we already know Grogu's soul. So I don't think we need yeah. to know the how to know their souls. That's a wonderful point. And, and and for those that, you know, don't want Boba Fett unmasked, so to speak, totally get it too. Totally get it too. I've talked to a lot of people about that. Mm-hmm. Not just the content. That wasn't they had a problem with the book of Boba Fett. They're just like, yeah, I just, you know, didn't want to. He's the silent badass killer. And that's where I'm stopping with it. And that's completely fine. Uh, it truly is. But I think that was a great point you just made about Yoda. I, I just feel as though I definitely know him. As far as Yoda wants me to know him. Yep. <laughs> uh, and, and, and that's good. But but again, I, I, I do trust them, them being Favreau, Filoni, anyone who, that if they, if they do, I think it will be done right. And in their way, just like I did want to even learn, you know, the child baby Yoda suddenly, you know, Grogu, I remember we all kind of went, wait, record scratch, what? And now I can't imagine any other name and I wouldn't have expected that. So what they did with that information and the choice they made was great. Yeah, no, I, I just love, I love the name Grogu. I'm glad that they didn't, you know, it, it sounds like Yoda in Yaddle, but without the the mm-hmm. Y thing, you know, I'm, I'm glad he's not Yogu. <laughs> I mean, Yogu's, you know, it's not wrong, but Grogu's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Grogu is right. And man, just having just rewatched that episode and the joy that Din gets when he knows his name and he gets the reaction from Grogu every time. It's eh? best. You, I forgot how in a serious, big, serious episode and a big reveal that, that that's exactly what we all felt. Grogu. Yeah. Huh? Grogu. Eh? <laughs> oh, so good. So good. Uh, so I wanted to, to deal honestly with this question, but I also want to have fun with it because it's a fun mm-hmm. question. Uh, if... If uh, Jonathan's uh, wild speculating was true and Yoda and Yaddle did need to uh, come together to create Grogu, do you have any sort of headcanon of how that goes? (laughs) Uh, uh, Obviously, uh, we know in the real world how humans create other humans. Uh, So, you know, I don't need you to detail that for me. But... (laughs) If there was some other, if it was true that they did need to procreate and they did it in some mm-hmm. bizarre, interesting, mystical, unique way, do you, do you have a vision for that? Yeah. My robes off, they come. Yeah. Um, <laughs> climb into my pod on Yothan. Um, here, I, I, here's what I went with. What if this was like the green rule of two or the rule of green? And it, it applied to them, them, the species, for the simple survival of it all, right? It, very sci-fi. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's a direct one-to-one comparison, but it's like, you know, Vulcans and Spock every seven years, you got to, you know, handle yourself or whatever. You know, I've, I've had, it's been a while since. <laughs> y'all, know, y'all know what I mean. Bonfire. Uh, yeah, it would be, it would be fantastic. It, it would be something I could, I, I would be interested in. Uh, not a Mando or a movie or a book, a comic or something. Now they've got the Yoda series of just, yeah, yeah. We, the reason there's so little of, uh, pun intended, I guess, so few of us out there is is it's it's not our, our survival it depends on this and and the green the rule of green needs to happen and, and uh, <laughs> the numbers have diminished over the years uh it, it raises some interesting questions but um i like it i can run with it i can have fun with it yeah yeah i i do like this part of jonathan's uh wild headcanon speculation that yaddle has to like knock on yoda's door and saying yeah i know you're still quite spry but you are getting up there <laughs> <laughs> and Yoda being like a little defensive about it. Like, yeah. all right, all right. Uh, yeah. And I mean, I imagine some like absolute, they're, they must meditate while the tips of their ears touch. <laughs> mm. And then mm. somewhere far away, you know, a pod opens. Like, I think it would be like that. <laughs> Such a 
a very, it's almost chaste. It's a chaste way. <laughs> it really is. It's communing in the energy. Uh, final thing for this. So I think we've talked about it before. If their planet was some, like no one else can go there. It, it is it, hidden behind cosmic mists. Do you like the idea that there are just a few of these beings and they always are force sensitive and, and venture out into the galaxy? Or do you imagine there's some like hidden planet with, you know, millions of non-force using <laughs> Yodas yeah. just doing their taxes and drinking beer and whatever. I I, I can go both ways with this. I, I, I do want, you know, the the local plumbers union of Yodas <laughs> down there having some fun, <laughs> drinks after work. I think that that would be just as fun. But also going back to what you're saying about like it's a force sensitive planet. It's a mysterious spot. And not like the the one up in Santa Cruz. It's just, it's like it, it, Jedi, the fact that these creatures, if even, you know, these characters, Yoda, Yaddle, Grogu, even got discovered by the Jedi Order is 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 a, is a hard road, you know, for the Jedi to get there. Like, I love all mm-hmm. that. So that that it it, it it does lend itself to, to this idea of, of all of them, all that meet, we meet are force sensitive. I like mm-hmm. that idea. But I like the flip side. I could just, you know. Just imagine a Yoda puppet in overalls with like a trucker cap on, getting to work, <laughs> doing this thing. Like a Ferrex. Like if it's like a Ferrex kind of community. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I do love just from comedy the image of like Yoda's the grumpy dad going, ah, I guess he had to go off to be special. <laughs> it's, it's like it's almost the scene from Zoolander with his dad and brothers watching him on TV. It's almost that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> <laughs> You're dead to me, deader than your dead mother, right? Is that the can't remember the line from from yeah. Zoolander? Yeah. Uh, welcome to Zoolander Center. Mm-hmm. Um, probably not next on our list to cover after no, Indiana Jones, but but maybe. Uh, but I think ultimately, I do like a little bit more of the uh, only a few every hundred years, all force sensitive. But the great thing is, it's in our imagination now, so we can imagine whatever we want. Any final thoughts before we move on? Uh, no, I'm just uh, campaigning for the, the rule of green to become a reality. <laughs> Hashtag rule of green. There you go. Uh, thank you, Jonathan. We're going to move on to a question from Victor. Uh, this has happened to us the last couple episodes where we've had kind of, kind of a fun, kind of a silly question to, <laughs> at the top. And then <laughs> things get real in force center land. And that's, what's going to happen here with this, uh, important question from Victor. Victor says, how do you handle toxic conversations about Star Wars with people you know or you've just met in real life, particularly when the objections of the other party are mostly some kind of anti-woke position? Mm-hmm. All right, Ken, I, I, I tried to break down my thoughts and, and keep it a, a little snappy. We'll see mm-hmm. <laughs> if we are remotely successful. But I really kind of, for myself, broke it apart into kind of different kinds of conversations because there's the much like Victor is saying there's kind of not fun conversations with people you know well Uh, somebody you just met at a party and then somebody going in hard about real life stuff that isn't necessarily about Star Wars Um, how did you think through this did you are you coming at it from a big picture or did you kind of break it down to different interactions I actually almost forgot before recorded I was going to tell you hey keep me on the path Um, (laughs) yeah I, I made, I have a lot of thoughts. I made no notes in the sense of, I just wanted to feel what I felt in this moment, uh, but uh, also don't want to go on any rants and, and, and I, and not, not about real world stuff, but even people I know. Yeah. <laughs> so no, it's not going that direction, but yes, I'll follow your no. lead. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I mean, I understand. I think it's, I think it's hard. And that's been a real discovery of the risk of the dark side of obviously four center is joyful and wonderful, but getting uh, deeper into star Wars, I know I realize has sometimes made me it, the risk of being um, defensive to the point of it being destructive to myself <laughs> Yes, and, and needing to give people space to be like, Oh, you, you know, especially people my age, like you grew up with the original trilogy and you were absolutely dead set. Boba Fett is an, you know, intergalactic man of mystery. Why would he ever be on Tatooine and and why would he ever not sell drugs? This is like, it, I need to take a deep breath and go, that's fine. That's, that's your opinion. That's your life perspective. That's fine. Um, is always that line is, is, it gets crossed. And that's what Victor is asking about toxic conversations is I need to have the grace to, to let other people have their opinion. I think when it gets really hard for me is when people tell me the show was bad, period, mm -hmm. because I have this perspective. If you found anything in it, you are wrong. I don't mm -hmm. care what you say. It is a fact chiseled in stone on a mountain that mm -hmm. brightly colored speeders are stupid, period. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no matter whether you like them aesthetically or they have thematic resonance to you, you are wrong. That's for me when the conversation it truly, truly becomes toxic and is not just a um, sharing of perspectives and opinions mm -hmm. yeah yeah and, and and breaking it down as well like there's those those moments i keep mentioning them a lot because it happens almost every week i'm at a comedy club uh where people find out what's on my hat or what up my intro or even sometimes my jokes i don't have a ton of stars material but when it pops up it pops up and it invites people to have a conversation with me about star wars which that's a great thing right that's 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 okay like oh mm -hmm. i like your hat let's talk star wars it uh totally fine but yeah i, I think those moments are are, are becoming more easy a little more easy for me to pull back and just kind of what the smile and nod which yeah. means if if you're just like ah oh, you like star wars man i'll tell you what i hate that new stuff right yeah, yeah. i'll usually just say oh oh i actually really like it I, and i i know that, that that they're just this is what they need in the moment that i'm not here to change their opinion i don't need to um i always say you and i talk about like i'm not defending star wars the brand uh, lucasfilm the company disney the giant corporation they don't need my defense they're going to be fine um but it is the idea of i'm i'm here to stand up for star wars fans who want to engage with something and don't need folks attacking them for it uh like you said the the it is just a fact that this sucks and there's no value to it um but even then all that said in those moments like i, I had a comic recently said ah oh, isn't it just funny we just attach so much bleep to star wars it's not really there but we make it all personal this was kind of like how do you ingest art man <laughs> but i didn't say it out loud like that's what stories life? are you yeah. know that's what yeah. sports is right yeah. because you're you're watching a story ultimately it's a real story but yes. you're attaching i have invested this emotional relationship with this team this player i hope this for them that's you know it's all investment i've always said my this is my old friend tim powers Said this what to me one time. He was, he's a big comic book guy. He's like, rooting for Batman and rooting for Derek Jeter are the same thing. It's the same <laughs> muscle. You're not going to be either of them. And you're invested in them. And stop because he's a sports guy and he's a comic book nerd. And he's like, don't, you know, I'm one of those, eh, sports ball is not a joke I enjoy. Uh, I get it sometimes, but it's, I get where it started. Yeah. I thought it was funny when it started, but it, it does become a robin of that. Anyways, see, I might be getting off the path because you mentioned sports. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> no, that's a good way to look at it. Like, like yeah. And so, so in those situations, I find it, um, I could I could be the one that might turn ramp it up to toxic <laughs> if I start going cool. Well, you're wrong. <laughs> I gotta go do my comedy set, but you're wrong about Book of Boba Fett. Um, 
And so I'm, it's easier to pull back. It's those who are in my life on a regular basis, those I've worked with, um, those that I will work again, because I feel now more than ever how all, how all this is discussed does tie into the real world. Mm-hmm. I'm not talking about specific specific policy points or debates. I'm talking about just overall the state of the world that you see out there. Uh, I do think, and that's in, in discussing stars with you more detailed and, and more in depth uh, over the last couple of years, it's really, really brought that into focus for me. So I, a comic passing through a green room, I'll never see again. I don't need to tell them that the Danny Trejo scene of book of Boba Fett is everything to me. I don't need, they don't need it. They don't care. <laughs> like what scene? Um, but to my friends where I'm like, also it, it, I, I need to look for the, the subtext of what they're saying. And that's gets to, I think the other part of Victor's, question more often than not it, it, it goes it, go, it goes into what we dealt with in 2017 goes uh, to some of the stuff i deal with weekly uh, working at collider being called chills and all that stuff it, it where it all generates from and what the people are trying to prove with their comments it goes mm-hmm. beyond star wars and to victor's question of how do you deal with it not well <laughs> <laughs> not well over the last couple of years yeah it's 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 really difficult um yeah i think great hold great me hold me back no, no, no. I think this is a great overview. And now I just, I want to go through the, uh, some of the way that I uh, have failed, succeeded, or <laughs> just done something to yeah. answer Victor's direct question. Um, I, I think for me, every time I get into a conversation, whether it's with uh, a friend, a, a, a friendly stranger I just met, or somebody who is clearly coming at it with an agenda that isn't Star Wars. Yeah. Um, I try to ask myself, like, you know, what, what, what is it possible to get out of this conversation? Right. Yeah. Um, so like there's some friends my age who are interested in having a back and forth conversation. There are some old friends who are locked in their point of view. And mm-hmm. um, I, it is, this is an opinion about our generation, Ken, mm-hmm. about Gen, Gen X that we were, we grew up with a lot of uh, television and movies that were kind of pat and kind of, safe nothing bad was ever going to happen on a on a sitcom um and there's a little bit of everything will be fine but the world around us was full of imminent uh, nuclear war and you know uh, <laughs> it, it, we're, we're all going to die of nuclear war aids or halloween candy and yet everybody besides a special episode where nancy reagan visits <laughs> everything seems peachy keen and i really feel like that is one of the factors in the way that we we um we absorb media and anything kind of happy or nice seemed mm, suspect. Yeah. And we were treated to feeling like snark and darkness is honest and it makes us feel safe. And I feel like for some people my age, um, mm-hmm. they, they, that's how they talk about media. They tell you what was awesome and what sucked and nothing, <laughs> nothing uh, no amount of engagement is going to change that. It's it's not a discussion. It's a report from them. This is awesome. This sucked, period. Yes. Um, and it's the way they are used to talking about media. And for some of that, I've been like, you know, this, this I like this person, you know, but I'm not going to engage with them because it's not, nothing is going to come of engaging with them. Right. Um, right. So that's one level. The, the one, well, I, I'll pause. Do you have any thoughts or do you think I'm way off base? <laughs> no, 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 no. So, there, no, as far as the generational thing, um, there, there, there's a, 
a misunderstanding of how the power of this stuff and how, how deep it is and how important it is. I, I always, you hear me say over and over, not on just this show, every other show, pop culture is culture for us. It, it, it is stopped because, you know, we, we, you and I grew up in that era of like eventually put away your toys. What that meant was you still see it emerge. Uh, older pundits, uh, older, older, older comics, like 50s, 60s, like, oh, those dumb comic book nerds, those are nothing. Uh, and, and completely whiffing on the purpose of, 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 the you know those comics in the in the creators the the message mm-hmm. in there and so that was ingrained into us and so then we just started discussing like that and it's fun and I I was a part of that I felt I feel sometimes I had too much of a part of establishing not not saying I was part of it but you know it's like I was there in the early days with Schmoes and everything where that was so fun let's debate the worst let's debate and it was just it seemed harmless but like a lot of things that seem harmless the the damage can go a lot deeper than you even intend and. So that's what I've a big sea change has happened. So it, it is a lot of generational stuff because it could all change in front of us. Uh, it got more open, and and, and I like I'm always amused at like pff, oh, horror films are so woke now. Like, d- have you watched any of them <laughs> for hit throughout history? And I'm not a big horror fan, but like I really understand what the genre is saying. <laughs> like, yep, really yep. do, and it always has. Um, yeah, and so our generation, particularly has not been prepared to make that shift and you see it time and time again. Yeah. And and I think we've talked about this before, but I think something really powerful of like, yeah, growing up for me, there was both like, Hey, I'm not putting away my toys. The whole world isn't putting away their toys. We can still like superheroes. We can still like star Wars, but we also kind of have to a little bit make fun of ourselves for it and pretend it's kind of ironic. And, and because it's this sort of like, isn't this funny that we haven't let go of our toys? From that perspective, it's real fun to just be like, let's get on and let's just let's just ream the worst episodes of Star Trek and make jokes yeah. about it, right? Yeah, yeah. But then pretty soon I start looking around uh, and, you know, people having their Twitter handles, you know, these are the things I believe in. And one of the things I believe in is I am a Battlestar Galactica fan. That's how I identify mm-hmm. as a person, mm-hmm. right? There's a shift where they don't have generations younger than us don't have that irony necessarily. Mm-hmm. These things truly matter. And so suddenly something that was kind of an agreed upon, we're just joking, becomes uh, robbed of that. It becomes just let's tear down <laughs> the things that matter to other people. And not even in a I'm, I'm a serious, uh, you know, here's serious film analysis, right? Mm-hmm. Great. If, if you're a scholar and you're writing an essay, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about what used to be, let's debate the worst James Bond for fun. Mm-hmm. What happens when the fun drops away? Yeah. And you're just telling somebody something they love is terrible and yeah. not being particularly analytical about it. Yeah. And even some of the real analytical ones, I just roll my eyes at too, because it's the same energy. They're doing the same thing, just with fancier words, I think. But but I think our generation too, we were the ones, uh, pop culture existed before, because every generation has it. In 1833, they had some dime store comics they probably talked about. Uh, but our generation, I say 60s on, right, when this exploded, the mm-hmm. comics, the Beatles, uh, the Monkeys Weekly, whatever, that exploded. Star Wars takes the next Jaws. Closing event filmmaking, Amblin 80s. We're, we, that was our generation. Then we come along and our jokes, our views, when we don't want to change, we always talk about the prequel generation, right? But our generation stomping on them. And now that generation has a voice and we are all running up against, we being general, running up against people going, hey, could you lay off Jar Jar? Because he <laughs> changed my life. Hey, could you lay off Attack the Clones? 
because it's my favorite. And we just go record scratch. Break. What are you talking about? It. We all. De- we already determined it sucked. You don't have a voice in this. And that's the stuff that I see in our. Gen- and th- when I run into that, that's when my urge to clench the the verbal fist. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and I, and I, you know, I don't want you taking that away. Cause I, cause I think I saw it too. I always, I, you know, be hosting Jedi Alliance and making prequel jokes and having people go, Hey, in the comments very nicely was the first time I felt that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to continue to do that. And then along the way, meet you and then we get deeper discussions, but I, so going to the generational, I think that's, and that's when I run into that. It can't, maybe I can't fix it. And so maybe I have to back away. But that's yeah. why I start to the gear shift a little bit in my conversation. Yeah, no, I really, really agree with that. And, and I think for me, it is always, I love caveats. I'm speaking about my perspective and opinion of our generation. Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, saying everybody has this experience. It's an experience that I have. And I think I've observed in, in other people near me. But, you know, uh, I, I have not taken a generational census <laughs> yeah, on, on all these things. And always, always, to me, it is about the tone. If somebody doesn't like something and they they communicate why and it's their opinion, that never makes me mad. It, it's when right. it's the, I am wrong. If they're telling me I am wrong, they are the arbiter, period. That's yeah. only when it, if you didn't like Solo and you have three reasons why and Alden Ehrenreich didn't work for you and you're telling me it didn't work for you, I got no problem with that. Yeah. Um, which leads me to to handling these kind of conversations with uh, with strangers or or people I've just met at a party or don't know super well. Um, I have had a decent amount of success if the person is negative about Star Wars, not openly hateful, racist, sexist, etc. We'll talk about that. Um, I I always just try to give them room and go, hey, I expected like Kenobi, but it was awful, and I I'll say like, oh, I I had some problems with it, but I really enjoyed it. What didn't you like? And see if I can turn it into a conversation mm-hmm. and see if I can understand the perspective. You know, sometimes it will come out of like, well, I really expected him to fight Maul, right? Or mm-hmm. I really don't think that, you know, it, it should have been Luke or whatever. And you can dig into those and see if <laughs> yeah. uh, there's a reason they don't want Leia there. But if it, you know, it really is an expectation. I, I'll just try to see if it, I can pivot it into something where I can at least understand their perspective and if it seems like the person is open to it, I will share a little bit of mine. I will not go on a four center level <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, argument uh, thesis. There will be no thesis, please, unless yeah. unless they say it, unless they partigas me and say thesis, please. Yeah. I'll try to just go a really light thing of like, you know, but I, but I really enjoyed this aspect of it. Or, you know, I, I've had that Boba Fett conversation of like, yeah, no, I, I grew up with him as the is the man of mystery too. But you know, they established twenty years ago in Attack the Clones that he does have this perspective. So since that story was started, you know, really finishing that story and seeing, you know, what it's like to be a, a clone, to be a Mandalorian, to have lost your father at such a young age and what does that do to you? And it's about rebirth, I think, coming out of the Sarlacc and deciding who he wants to be. Like, I get it if you didn't like it, but that's what I really liked. I, I've had some luck in having not trying to tell them that they are wrong but just giving them the space to have their opinion and try to share a little bit of mine. Yeah. 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 You've been, it sounds like what, that's what you've been doing in comedy green rooms across Los Angeles. <laughs> look, I, yeah, yeah. You know, I'll hear them out again, the smile and nod. Um, but I've had, you know, I just, I guess I, I just don't deal with it as well. Like even at Star Wars Celebration, I, I kind of blew up at a, um, at a journalist <laughs> uh, in, in a hotel lobby bar, one of a Star Wars journalists. Because uh, it was just like, uh, you're, you're, what you're saying is is just factually wrong about Book of Boba Fett, right? And and 
that that's where and so I, I try I try to avoid that. I try to avoid that. But I've had success. I've I've had better. Being exposed to it more is just maybe like yeah. all right, cool. This is what we're gonna I'm gonna kind of calm it down. Cause again, uh, I want to hear them out. But because the good conversations are I've even I've even heard some opinions recently about some sequel characters and their arcs or their purpose. And there's always what ifs and there's always real world issues. But I can't wait to discuss talk with those people. They're like, cool, cool. But what was there for you? Mm-hmm. And look, I struggle with that uh, a lot too. I had a conversation with with a young comic, well, young starting in terms of of um, second gig, and she was real down about it. I was in the green room, and I was like, "Great, great! You just listed off t- ten things you did wrong in that set, but what was good in it?" And that's I fail that my own life every day, mm-hmm. but that that changed the tone of the conversation fast. So I think that's what I try to do with Star Wars too. Yeah, 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 yeah. cool, cool, cool. But what about the seismic charges? Mm. And that's that speeds it off, and and then and then sharing what I got out of it. And th- th- this sounds sorry, this sounds really like an a hole, but like often when I do what you describe to, and, and definitely not as eloquently as you, because I'm usually drinking in a room or something like that. But like, <laughs> hey, here's what this point of this story was, and everything. What what did you find in it? There's not no answer comes back. Mm. They just don't look at it that way. Yeah. They don't see it on that level. And then, by the way, the level, I don't think it's too deep. It's just like, what was the com- communication to it? And what did you like out of it? What did you take out of it? Was there any message there for you? Because if you're, if you're, Star Wars, if you're a casual Star Wars fan, we don't need to have this conversation. Let's talk about the weather. Let's talk about an Arby sandwich that you might like. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> but if you're a Star Wars fan and you got your Star Wars keychain you're showing me, and then you're like, man, wasn't Darth Vader badass walking down that hallway? Yeah, yeah, he, he was. He totally was. But this is what I took from that scene. What did you take from the scene? Exact quote I got in the green room three weeks ago. Oh, I never looked at the scene that way. And that's great. And that excites me. Doesn't change their mind. It just takes their view of Star Wars and, and focuses a little bit more. And I like that. That's when it's a success. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's, you know, it is, it's just sharing. It's just sharing your perspective and, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully having somebody be open to it. And you're not going to like track that comedian down and go, <laughs> did you rewatch? Did you see it? Right. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, opening the possibility. Let's get on to the darkest uh, part of Victor's question, uh, that when you encounter somebody who is wanting to engage in Star Wars talk and they're using, you know, the the latest buzz cover word mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. woke um, or something like that, or, or just blatantly, you know, being racist or sexist, mm-hmm. uh, how, how do you handle that? It's such a difficult... Um, conversation because you don't want to let it slide but you also want to be uh, realistic about what can be accomplished in a casual conversation in a public setting right yeah uh, in, in terms of when you run into it and it's a stranger i i haven't encountered that as much as when it's been someone i've known for a long time mm-hmm. uh, and that's so that's a question all of us you know have to face i want to think that i'm going to punch a nazi if i have a chance but what what in a donut shop like what what does that mean <laughs> You know, like, uh, what are you going to do? And so, so you want to, when it's related to Star Wars, if you engage me in the conversation, um, I'll probably just disengage, right? I, I, I don't know what I can do at that moment to change it. Which this is a societal question, right? Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. The ones that, when it's personal stuff, I've dealt with time and time again. It has changed the very nature of my relationship with them, um, from friends I've had for decades to, to people I used to work with, I don't engage with them anymore because when you dig to the bottom of what they're saying and when it comes up, it just suddenly clicks in. You're like, Oh, that's why you said that stuff every week on that show. Cause deep down, this is where you're going with it. And this goes into a bigger picture. 
where I'm not talking about certain specific political characters, policies, votes, anything. I'm talking about the general tone and tenor of the world right now. We're all kind of digging to the bottom of it. And are you led by fear or are you ready to change? And that's how I measure you. And it does tie into Star Wars. How you talk about Star Wars does tie into the, how the world goes. And for, and for Doctor Who or Star Trek or anything. This, it's all big in our life for a reason. And how you engage with it does reflect how you engage with the world. And more often than not, I'm seeing it on people I know, I've known for years and have worked with for years. Oh, I see what's really coming out. But instead, raise, your, raise the character you're going to yell at. Because mm-hmm. it's the only way you can get it out. Even though it's sometimes subconscious. Right? Yeah. Um, and I don't, I'm, so the answer, I don't know how to deal with it, Victor. <laughs> I'm, it's a day-to-day, day-to-day thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm figuring it out as I go along, like Indiana Jones. Yeah, same, same, same for me. It, it is absolutely interaction by interaction. And I, and I agree with you. There, there can be this, this quick pivot from, okay, this person told me they didn't like Ray. Like, okay, oftentimes this is going in a bad way. Um, I, I'm just going to quote our friend Mark Ellis. He's, he put it in his stand-up show, so I think it's okay that he released publicly. So I think it's okay to quote him. Uh, he just captured it so well of like, you know, I don't think you're a racist if you voted for Trump, but I like your odds. Yeah. It, just acknowledging that, hey, maybe not in this circumstance mm-hmm. do you mean this, but that argument is very often attached. Not liking Ray is often attached to something deeper. So if that comes up, the first thing I want to understand is is that where the conversation's going because now we're not talking about star wars and you know yeah is empire, is empire strikes back better than return of the jedi we're not talking about that anymore if you if you didn't like ray because you thought her story was poorly written or you didn't like that she you know uh, became a skywalker like okay great but if you're just like they ruined it by ha- why did it have to be a lady jedi like oh i don't think we're talking about star wars anymore you know? Yeah. That's like the first level of, are we talking about Star Wars or not? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that really, really, really started to crystallize for me in 20, um, you know, 17 into 2018 with, with the last Jedi stuff where I, I was confused. And I've said this before on the show, but I was confused sitting there often here was a little different, but in the, in the other jobs sitting there in the chair every week going, why, why do people hate me now? Cause I like this movie. I just like a Star Wars movie. That's fine. And, and, and again, we always put that caveat out. Well, not everyone, not everyone. Totally. Of course, not everyone, but but ooh, that 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 you you kept digging, you kept digging, and look what happened. This entire cottage industry exploded out of using Star Wars, using pop culture to um, advance troubling and destructive ideologies. It, it happened. It, it you saw it suddenly go. Oh, and you and I've I've talked about a story. A friend of mine parroting every every take he heard out there on bad YouTube channels or bad podcasts with the comedians turned mixed martial arts fighters, just every one of them until he finally told me, I just don't know why I had to watch Finn and and, and Rose kiss. Why did you, Mm. I don't mind them being in the movie, but why? And and I know I've told the story for, but it was a powerful reminder, powerful moment in my life where it was just like, Oh, and you're, you don't know what you mean. You don't, you're not intending that to be that, but that's what you just, it just, it just finally came out. Just funny, yeah. and that's where I struggle, Victor. I don't know, Victor. I don't know because it, it's it's people that I love. It's people that I've loved and cried with and bled with, and and fought in the wars of trying to survive in this world and this business. And to have them look across and go, "Oh, that's where it's coming from." I, I, it, it hurts. It sucks, and it hurts. Yeah, 
Yeah. And I mean, I think a lot of times for me, it just, it, it is about this very basic value that I think is, is in Star Wars of everyone matters. Everyone deserves to feel joy, to be seen. Everyone has power. Everyone has a right to, to be nurtured and feel their own power and their own value. Um, and sometimes when I've had these, somebody I don't know, and they're like, I have Ray sucks, Finn sucks. Uh, you know, I'll just try a, a very light, like, well, I understand if the character doesn't work for you, but you know, they, the character really works for me. And they, Hey, they mean a lot to, mm-hmm. to other people. Maybe those movies aren't for you, but they mean a lot to other people. And sometimes people just go like, yeah, yeah, I get that, you know, yeah. and leave it alone. And then other, if somebody kind of pushes past that, then for me, it, it really is a, well, we're not talking about star Wars. And now is there any, is there, is there any positive to get out of engaging, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Cause I, yeah, it, which, which is a larger question, you know? Um, I, I think, I do think that things should be called out. People should, uh, l- let it be known that, uh, damaging and hurtful things are being said, but I think also changing, you can open a door, but somebody else has to walk through. And the question is, what is the best way to do that? Yeah, yeah, and 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 this is also why I get a little extra prickly. To be fair, especially if anyone's engaged with me, uh, it, you know, not talking about listeners, but like people who work with me, like at a party or something, like, you know, I, I, you might again, you might think you're debating Rise of Skywalker, and I think your intentions are completely fine, but I, you've got to be aware of the of not just the room, but society. You might be kicking open a door to a horde of people coming in to follow your point mm-hmm. and your point is just like JJ hated Ryan and that's what it did. And that's all great. And then now there's 50 people in your chat saying, I can't wait till uh, Kathleen's gone and all this woke stuff goes away. Right. And if you don't do anything to clean that up, I got to take that as your position after a while. And the starting point is you're just at a party talking to me and you, you know, there's people, you know, you, you know, it. if you're out there and you're like, someone's just, they want to debate Star Wars. They don't mean anything bad about this. But the reason I start pushing back a little bit more is, could you please be aware of what you're doing? Mm-hmm. You're, number one, you might be taking away joy of a, of a seven-year-old who, who's about to go on this great journey with this thing that you got to experience. And now you're just kicking them off the trail. Because for what, again, I said this in the live show, but for what, for what reason are you doing that? What does that get you? Um, I don't know. Clicks is not, it's not even just the answer. Just what is it? Because we're in a bar. <laughs> talking about what does that get you what does that get you and we all went through that we are of that generation that things started coming back in the 90s right a Mm. lot of things started coming back in the 90s because we started getting to positions of power and create in the creative industry right Mm. and then letting that go and finding the reasons i had had a friend who i used to go to comic-con in the 80s he's i stopped going why it's too crowded okay what what do you look you don't like the crowds ah you know i keep getting hit in the ankles with strollers oh okay Finally, finally, he said, it's just ah, it used to be my thing with my buddies. And now there's a bunch of girls around and families around. <laughs> He's in his like 50. So I was like, oh, <laughs> you, you don't mean that when you started it, but you let that come into the conversation and you're letting others come into the conversation with that. And that's where now more than ever, I just, yeah, I, you got to fight that. Got to fight that. Yeah. Yeah. I've only ever had one extremely long conversation I, I kind of alluded to it uh it, it was at a, a, a film festival where uh where somebody really wanted to engage me mm-hmm. and it wanted to be like hey i have this opinion about star wars and i was like oh okay well you know um i'm not gonna 
I'm like, I really disagree with you, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and this person kept being like, uh, I, I, I like it when people can, you know, just say what they mean. And, you know, it, it doesn't have to be a fight, but we can say that we disagree and we can be firm about it. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> right? I will. Uh, and it, that was the only time be, because the person requested that kind of interaction from me mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that I really did dig down and go like, okay, I hear that you don't like Ray. Why? You know? Let's dig down. And it, it shifted from Ray to women in other movies. And it became about like, I don't have any problem with the women being there, but I didn't like this movie where women were soldiers. Well, well why not? Well, because women can't be soldiers. I'm like, well, obviously mm -hmm. they can because they are and like, yeah, but it's not realistic. It's like realistic from what point? Like that there's sexism in the real world. Like, no, it's not realistic that anyone would feel safe being guarded by a woman. Like, and, mm -hmm. I, and it had to just come down to like the like, yeah, no, hey, I'll, I'll keep, I, I'm not going to. I think I disagree with that. And I do think that is sexist. I'll keep chatting with you, but I, that is like, and I, we're going to have to disagree about that. I think that, you know, like that it was really, it was really shocking to be just fully be in that conversation mm -hmm. where it, it was, there was a request to break it down <laughs> mm -hmm. to that level and to get, you know, far away from, was that a good movie to what is the core of your belief and do we agree on these core beliefs or not? You know, that sounds at one point you're just like, great, I'm going to go stand over there by the shrimp cocktail. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, uh, uh, people took notice of the conversation, put it that way. Yeah. 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 But it's challenging. And I think it really is case by case. Um, thank you, Victor, for, uh, for the, the big question. We, we took even more time than, uh, did Yoda and Yaddle make Grogu we took even more time for this one. <laughs> I think for me, in summary, it really is about um, what is what, what value can be had out of the conversation. And I think it's always fine to disengage. If you feel like you're not going to get anything out of it and a, a friend is going to be unrelentingly negative, if somebody is going to shift quickly from Star Wars to just, you know, making an argument that, you know, people shouldn't get to see themselves on screen, that everybody doesn't deserve that. Um, I think it's fine. It's always fine to just walk away and just say this, this is not yeah. for me now. Yeah. Yeah. Great words. And, 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 you know, I think I'm stumbling, stumbling and stammering a bit here. Cause sometimes I just want to yell out names and places and, 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 <laughs> and channels, but, but the final, the final thing is if for me is this is, is on one hand, we are just talking about star Wars and there's, there's a lot of four center friends in our discord who yeah, I don't love Rise of Skywalker as much as Ken and Joseph or uh, solo doesn't hit me. Rogue one's the least favorite on my list. That happens all the time. That happens all the time. We're not never saying that it's just be aware. And I think, I think our four center attracts, those kind of folks and those kind of mm -hmm. listeners and those kind of people in our discord. That's why we have such a powerful community of just knowing how to discuss it, knowing the state of the world. It is not just Star Wars, just like it is not just a joke on stage. It is words. And we now more than ever, because this is an age of communication that's unparalleled to anything we've experienced in the past. We know what those words do. We know the damage. We get to see the damage, feel the damage, hear the damage. To just be aware of how you're discussing it is all I ask. It's all I ask. And there's so many people unaware and that's part of the problem. Yeah, no, totally agree. And I think it, it is always, it is always an ongoing challenge uh, for me to be vigilant with myself, with the way I'm communicating um, to be uh, open-minded, not open-minded to <laughs> 
awful ideas, but open-minded that uh, about where people are coming from, which is why I always want to, even if I disagree with you, I want to understand where you're coming from. Um, you know, it's fine if people don't like the, the sequel trilogy. Uh, it's fine if they don't like specific characters, but I always want to understand where you're coming from uh, so that I can have better understanding. And so if, in my opinion, the dislike is coming from something larger than Star Wars that I can understand that's what's at stake. Mm. Um, and hopefully have an interaction that opens the door to the possibility of, of thinking about things differently. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. And I do not always succeed. <laughs> I'm very clear on that. No, no, no. Look, I even go off on rants. Anytime you ask me about in and out hamburgers, I'll tell you they suck. And that's not fair of me. <laughs> That's not fair of me. Yeah. Well, we're going to take a break and fight about In-N-Out burgers because I think they're pretty great. Uh, we will be back in a moment. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowl and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowl and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, how get 30, how get 20, 20, 20, how get 20, 20, how get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. 
$45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. And we are back for more cues. We got two cues from our patrons on Patreon. This one comes to us from Michael McCarcel. Michael says, Hello, Four Center friends. As of this semester, I am back in college after dropping out in 2012. That's got me thinking who would I want from Star Wars to join me in a study group? Padme and Reith Silas are the first that come to mind. I also think Sabine and C-3PO would make for great additions to the group as well. What about you guys? Who would you have in your Star Wars study groups? Thanks, and may the Force be with you. Uh, Ken, we often get questions where people uh, bring up a an idea and then offer their own uh, answers, which is great. I love that. This one's frustrating because Michael took almost all of my answers. <laughs> I figured as much. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> great. So great. It's really great. So uh, I'm joking. These, these are great picks. Wreath uh, Silas, Sabine, Badme. Ah, oh, perfect. Yeah. Perfect study partners. Uh, Ken, where do you go? Who do you pick? Well, first of all, Michael, congratulations on making this uh, decision for yourself to, to continue your education there. Uh, love that there. Maybe one day I'll do that because I did two years of college studying screenwriting, film and video production, and then left for my radio career and never finished. And that was a mistake. <laughs> um, so I was laughing about the reason I even tell that story to set the scene. I was like, uh, to be honest, I never was in a college study group because me and my friends, instead of doing that, we went to Toys R Us to buy the power of the force figures. <laughs> <laughs> that was our study group me and Joel and Gavin and the gang um, so anyways uh, here's where I went I had three names and I was going to kind of wild card it and keep it loose on the end here based on some anything you said I went with uh, I'll just roll them out here Omega Rose Tico and Ahsoka mm. Omega, mm. Omega has a lot of knowledge I think she's very smart but she's also just uh, so kind of heart uh, and the desire to learn more desire to share in the knowledge I think something there Rose as well um so knowledgeable, but the the problem solving, uh, the the just uh, the, the skills she has, but all wrapped up, and I think in a, in a package that wouldn't dominate the study session, wouldn't be about her knowledge versus yours. It'd be for the team. And then Ahsoka, I, other than I think just has a good worldview and has been out there. I was I was trying to think again. Maybe I haven't been in study groups. Study groups. If it gets hard and we're struggling, and we need the final inspirational push, I think Ahsoka is so in tune with those around her, so wants to help. She would be a good person to lead us to the next hour of study. Mm, yeah, no, I think so. I think that's really great. Yeah, she would definitely be the group facilitator, not making the decisions, right, 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 right. <laughs> but helping everybody get organized and, and be on the same page. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those are great picks. Um, I I don't I don't I ha- I've had some like study groups, but they yeah they very quickly became uh, video games. Um, it and. I've had a, I had a couple classes in college as a part of my I put together a weird triple major um and one of the things was rhetoric which was the that that was all about various kinds of professional communication um in one of the classes a couple of classes had group work and one of the classes just was a class on group work <laughs> <laughs> that's great and uh, it, it, it is, the uh, to this day, one of my great frustrations. We were told up and down 
that we would be graded on how well we worked together. And uh, one of the people in our group was just adamant that we needed to take this position on an issue. It was the bonkers position. (laughs) That was impossible to support. We did a great presentation trying to support this bonkers opinion. And then the professor was like, yeah, no, I'm giving you all a very low grade. That's bonkers. That's a bonkers thing to think. Like, well, we... we We were just trying to make it work. Like, yeah. But I, I, and I don't know if that was just pulling the rug out from under us or if that was meant to mm-hmm. be a lesson that like, mm-hmm. no matter how hard it is to work in the group, you got to come to a good conclusion. That's how I'm truly grading you. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. So I would want people who truly want to be there and study that that's the most important thing, right? Who are aligned mm-hmm. on, we, we are taking this seriously. We want to be here. Uh, but still fun. So uh, since Padme was taken, I went with Sabe. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. That's, uh, also very skilled, very studious. Yeah. Um, uh, since Sabine was taken, I went with Hera. I think Hera mm-hmm. could be a good uh, leader figure of the study group, uh, is not afraid to put the work in, but is also not afraid to be one of those people that be like, hey, we need to close the books and, you know, do a, a go on a pizza run, that's going to shake our heads loose, you know, like, right, right. Um, and then somebody who is going to be adamant that we stay focused in getting the job done and that studying and taking your time is a valuable skill. Good old Queel. Oh yeah. I almost thought about Queel. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. 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 That's great. That's great. Yeah. So Queel for sure. Cause he'd always be like that. This is good. And this is, I have studied. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we would all say at the end of the session. I have studied. <laughs> uh, and my, my final wild card is somebody who I think also has just really put in a lot of work. A little bit of a wild card might have might have us do some some dangerous things in the study group. Uh, but Kira, yes, okay, yeah, yeah. So that's my study group. You, do you have a, a few more you want to add now? I was, you know, he has C three PO there. I, I thought, yeah. you know, do you do you include Professor Huang? And it almost felt like a cheat, like a droid. A, a great answer, Michael. But a droid almost felt like a cheat. Like mm. the droid just be like, well, here's the answers, and I don't know if that's the purpose. <laughs> but it didn't go that way. So the, the other, I wanted one more, and but the the two choices were it came down to big ones: Lay, Leia, or Ray. Uh, and, and Ray, for the sense of if you if if you get her at uh, a certain t- part of the timeline there the, as the character, she's going to have so many wonderful questions that you might not think about because she's kind of seen it all for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> so often she has that ability to see it again for the first time, so to speak, where you're just like, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of green in the world. And she'd be like, well, why? <laughs> oh, let's study. I don't know. Um, and then I was with, with Leia for a lot of myriad reasons right it just there's so many layer reasons but then the only reason i hesitated is love this character love little leia but man you could see that there might be she might have to learn how to some interpersonal bedside man she might be a little little not not bossy in a bad sense but just like seeing her with her cousin like i wouldn't want to upset her in the study group <laughs> but i wasn't keeping up i wasn't getting it and i'm a i'm a little bit of a han solo i'm slow on the uptake and i just follow my own rules and make it up as i go like she might tear me down like she does her cousin so uh, you know trying to uh, you know capture the energy in the right way but you know what i mean like i had depending on when you get laid it might be a little little she might be like, not have t- patience for me <laughs> which is i I, yeah. I i would have some anxiety about um <laughs> falling behind uh, i don't know if i would want to admit to leah that i've that yeah. i've fallen behind uh because i i would want to make her proud yeah yes. and not uh 
not get a zinger, even if I even if I deserved it. I don't want to lay a zinger. How yeah. painful. Yeah, indeed, indeed. So Ray might end up being the answer. Yeah. Great question, Michael. Man, I want to study with Sabine and Reith Silas. That would be awesome. We're going to move on to our final cue uh, from Simon Huffnagel. Simon says, hello, Four Center friends. I was recently revisiting the Toy Story films, and I thought this would be a fun situation to ponder. Let's say during your respective childhoods, your action figures came to life, just like in Toy Story. What stories do you think uh, they would tell about your playtimes? What shenanigans do you think they got up to when you weren't around? Do you think you ever had a woody buzz situation on your hands? Old mainstay toy rivaled by a new shiny one. Thanks for all the great discussion as always. May the force be with you. All right, Ken, let's get into this. How, how, uh, how did you treat your action figures? And, <laughs> and how do you think they might have uh, interacted uh, once you went to sleep? Too well. I treated them too well. First of all, I, and this is one of those, I'm sure I've mentioned it somewhere along the Force Center journey. There would have been a lot of drama. Uh, because I like, I had a lot of GI Joe figures and everything, a lot of kids in my generation, but like I had Destro and Baroness break up and Destro started dating Zorana, Zartan's sister. <laughs> These were the stories I was telling while I was playing with my Cobra, his tank and my figures. Like, so if they came to life, they'd be probably arguing, maybe working things out. I don't know what's going on. Like it, it'd be a lot. It would, it wouldn't just be pew, pew, pew. There'd be a lot going on. Um, uh, so I, I would almost, uh, it would almost be a dread to find out what they were saying. Yeah, no, I, I really, really uh, uh, relate to that um, because I worked through issues. I've talked so many times about the uh, the cloud car pilot who, uh, mm-hmm. who really wanted to go on a date with Leia, but Leia was like, yeah, no, Han, Han's frozen, but I'm not interested. Um, <laughs> we're not in an open frozen relationship. No. <laughs> uh, we were on a break. He was carbon frozen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that was not Leia's attitude. Working through a lot. Um, I, I think most of my figures would think that they had a, a, a pretty good life um, mm-hmm. because most of them, I, my brother and I were aware that maybe there were some kids we could invite over to play, but others we must keep away from our action figures because we'd hear horror stories of them bashing their figures together, strapping them to things, <laughs> all that stuff. And we're like, yeah. no, uh, my brother and I talked constantly about how much we could afford to move our figures' limbs before they got too loose. We had no idea that an adult listening to this would crack up and be like, I don't know, I think Han's getting too loose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm keeping my Luke tight. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but that was partially because like, we were so young, so the, the, the figures that we had when we were very young were really loose because we, we played with them with abandon. Mm-hmm. Um, and like uh, Hammerhead could barely stand. He was just like a, a drunk <laughs> Thorian at all times. <laughs> Looked like he lost his pants and didn't know where he was, just flopping around everywhere. So like by the time I had my precious uh, Return of the Jedi, Luke Skywalker, Jedi Knight, I really was like, okay, I want to lift his arm up to make it look like he's hacking down on Vader. But I'm only going to do it maybe maybe once a play session. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Look, man, I, I um, years ago, moving apartments, this is maybe 10, 15 years ago, I pulled some of my storage boxes out and I had the the Cobra Moccasin, which is a little boat um, and the driver was in there, but Destro was in the gunner port, right? And I hadn't, t- I hadn't touched this since I moved to LA in 98, 8. And I went to, oh, hey, picked up Destro and his his torso, it just, his legs stayed in his torso. <laughs> it was like, I was like, but I didn't move him. I, I, I made sure, oh, I guess the rubber man would be great over time. I did, but I didn't. I knew how much I could move him. 
Yeah. Oh, that's that's sad. Poor Destro's legs. Do you still have Destro's torso? I, I do. And of course, a lot of people say, oh, you can fix that. Just get, yeah, You've never uh, met me when it comes to arts and crafts. I cannot fix Destro. <laughs> Destro can be fixed. Yes. But can no. you fix him? We'll form a study group to decide. <laughs> no uh, yeah. So I think a lot of my figures would, would be happy that they were being treated well and loved. Mm-hmm. And I think a, a couple of the older ones would have been pretty bitter. Yeah. <laughs> the camera head would have been like, oh, oh, now he's careful with you. Oh, I see how it goes. I see how it is. <laughs> this is unrelated. But since we're doing this, uh, this is an other center conversation. The, talking about taking care of the figures. I, I, I took care of mine, right? Even though I played with them. And I played with them out in the dirt and took pictures and all that stuff. But like, I remember one time I traded some figures for a merman. My friend had a merman. Mm. And I just, it was one of those moments. And then he was like, sure, sure. You know, uh, here it is. And he like. I, this is a lesson I learned. Check the merchandise, kids, before you make the deal. So I traded him, and he pulled out the merman. Did not have, like, his gear. What? One ear was ripped. And I was like, how do you keep, what do you do with your toys, man? Uh, half of the appeal of merman is what it looks like, his corncob sword. Come on. Yes. So my merman, I don't know where my He-Man figures ended up. Uh, my mom and dad probably burned them for being satanic. But uh, they, the, the satanic panic of the 80s, kids. Um that was my merman. And I was always upset that, that Connor had done that. Like, take care yeah. of my toys, man. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. We, we had, I, I think uh, that our He-Man figures are, are still in my parents' attic. I'm almost afraid to ask. Uh, I have been getting some of the retro, mm-hmm. <laughs> retro ones. So I have a merman near me right now. Um, <laughs> and he, his ears are great and he's got a sword. Uh, yeah. I, I, to this question about, um, you know, what kind of adventures did they might have had? What, what do you think they would have got up to when you weren't around? Um, I, I think um, they had a lot of, they probably actually, t- to be honest, they probably re- rested. I played with them so much. G.I. <laughs> Joe stories in particular were, were, you know, it was a good good part of my day for a long time is in my elementary school days. So they, they might have taken naps, you know, just, just rested there. But I will say this, uh, uh, you know. The Adat Commander figure I still have, the original Kenner. He's the last Kenner figure I had. And he was in, in just so happened to be in the pilot seat of the Y-Wing that I didn't sell to garage sale. Uh, again, a story I've said before, but I sold all my Star Wars figures for two bucks in a lunchbox at a garage mm. store. $2 cash, American. And that's all I got. <laughs> and I think he would have, if I'm not around, he would have flown around my house and, and bedroom angry at all the G.I. Joes and Transformers and even like the muscle figures those muscles those little wrestling orange muscles oh, I had all, yeah. he probably was like you all got to stick around but the rest of my kenner friends are gone why for two dollars <laughs> skateboard that he sold to get a catcher's mitt how dare you all that would have been the adventure he would have had and maybe everyone would have they would have had a team up to maybe stop the y-wing from dive bombing on him oh yeah that's a that's a very good adventure yeah i think mine would have just um we did not, uh, in general, cross the streams. I, when when we got uh, mm-hmm. some Star Trek figures, uh, I think I really wanted to make it that they could help the rebellion <laughs> beat the Empire. And my brother was not into this narrative. He's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> we will we'll play Star Trek separately. Thank you very much. Mm-hmm. So I think you know, He Man, uh, all the Star Wars figures, few Star Trek uh, figures. I had some random like for a while. They just made some like people like here's a scuba diver, and that was like. <laughs> I had some of those. I had some mash action figures. Oh my uh, god! I, yeah. Oh my god! I first of all, I had a mechanic. It was just a mechanic, <laughs> and then I had I had Corporal Klinger uh, in problematic outfit, we'll say, <laughs> and uh, and a radar Riley, and I think I had a Hawkeye Pierce at some point. 
I think I had the, I think they must have been on discount now that I'm thinking about it. Now, this is one of those moments where suddenly the dime drops uh, right as we're recording. Like, why did I have so much MASH stuff? Oh, they must not have been selling well. I think they're on heavy discount because I had a helicopter uh, and everything. Uh, the MASH. Uh, yeah. And then a little later, the uh, the the Secret Wars Marvel and, this, mm-hmm. and the DC uh, superpowers. Huge. Great. Amazing. Anyway, we did not mix. We didn't uh, cross over. So I think they would have like a, a party of like... Well, why why wants me kept apart? Yeah, he man, we're mostly staring into your crotch. That's you know about our height difference. But look, we can all come together. You know, yeah, yeah. I think they would have parties together. Um, yeah, I yeah. didn't I didn't cross the streams either. I, your brother and I would have been on the same side in that debate, I guess. Uh, and which is why I didn't like crossover comics when Spider Man showed up in Transformers. I was like, nah, 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 <laughs> my world. If you're in Marvel, you're meeting Spider Man. That's how they sell them books. Um, so the final question here, final part of Simon's question is, uh, do you think, I guess maybe you answered this, uh, do you think they had, your action figures had moments where they feel like uh, they had been replaced? Is that is it the, the $2? Yeah, a little bit. I, th- I think an ADAC commander would have represented Kenner in that in that debate there, but there, there would have been you know, a little bit, again, with the G.I. Joe, like you would get your... Um, your new figure of of the month or whatever, like, like like whatever you got at the store. Like I got Tunnel Rat, which is a character based off of Larry Hama, the the, the creator of the of the the Modern Line, the comics and everything. Um, and he became like my favorite for a while. So I, mm. I most of my missions were based around him. And as I have mentioned on the show before, I know the older GI Joe Computer Tech mainframe. So mm. Tunnel Rat and mainframe went on a lot of adventures in my days, <laughs> and I think that uh, would upset. Uh, like Clutch, um, uh, Grunt, and Stalker, who are like, "Hey, we were here in the Christmas of '82. <laughs> what are you? What are you guys? Christmas of '84? Like, no. <laughs> I think that would have been the tension. Some some locker room heat between those figures. Yeah. Oh, I did have a few Transformers too, but they were mostly it was yeah Optimus Prime, pretty much versus uh, the cassette tape. <laughs> <laughs> that turned into an animal. Oh, uh, oh like Razorback or Razorbeak. Yeah, Ravager, I think. Yeah, Ravager, uh, there you go. yeah, this is not Transformers Center. We don't know our stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. Wow, so well. the, I, no. the time that I felt actually guilty was, I believe this was Christmas of, of 83. In mm-hmm. uh, my grandma got, my brother and I, these mini arcade games. There was a Pac-Man that my brother got and I got a Donkey Kong and it was just, you play them forever. I think they kind of went up three levels or whatever, but you just, Mm. you played them until they broke. Uh, And it was so shiny and so new and I wanted to play with it, but I also wanted to play with my Star Wars action figures, but I felt guilty. Mm. Uh, So I made up like that, that there was some sort of like Ray that made Luke go into the computer and I pretended Mario was Luke. (laughs) That's, that's a good pitch for like a Disney movie from 84. It really is. Now it sounds like, yeah, a movie that would absolutely be made if people had the rights. Luke Skywalker's been turned into Mario and he's stuck in the computer. Like Ready Player Five. Uh, yeah. <laughs> did you have this, as you mentioned Transformers. I, I had um, uh, my Transformers, the official ones there. I didn't have a ton. A little more pricey for a kid in my uh, economic bracket back then, but I had them. And, but I, because of that, I also had like, it was it was a it was a boombox, not the Transformer ones. There was an Autobot and Decepticon one, of course, Soundwave, and then, uh, another one, uh, Blaster. I think um, I had it was like a swap meet pickup at the Santa Maria or no, the Pomo swap meet, in my hometown, big swap meet, still there. And I remember getting it, and it was like a, a red and yellow boombox that transformed, and I, I think it was just called like Robot Changer. <laughs> 
dollar. It's like, yay. And it was like, hey, Cadden is what you got. And yeah, I may do with it. But I think I think he would have felt picked on by the official Transformers. He didn't have any decal that changed. If you put your thumb on it, uh, I had that model. I mean, which side are they on? I, I had uh, you know, Jazz, who, by the way, is rather problematic character. Uh, uh, he was like my favorite. He was my favorite. Um, and and he was a, it was like a detailed, my dad used to love it. He'd be like, oh, look, it's a detailed model that becomes a robot. It was like literally, and I think they all would have treated Robot Changer really bad. <laughs> yeah, I think the, uh, I did not have this straight up rip off robot changer. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably still uh, in dad's garage. Oh my, oh my gosh, that's hilarious. I did have some GoBots and it is totally the modern meme of mom, mm-hmm. dad, can, can I have Transformers? No, we have Transformers at home. Transformers at home are GoBots. <laughs> I mean, and leader one was a good guy. He meant well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh. But I was really, I was sensitive. I had no idea what the word branding meant outside mm-hmm, of, you know, mm-hmm. like actually physically branding something. Yeah. Uh, but that was a big switch of like, hey, I understand you like this space stuff, you know, and fantasy. Yeah. Here's a knight. I'm like, cool. <laughs> what story is he from? <laughs> I was a little brand snob and I didn't know it. Uh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Robot changer is not from the cartoon. This is unacceptable. I mean, yeah. Look, man, I even had for a while the, the, the three and three quarter figures from the Bible. So <laughs> I had King David, not Bathsheba. They left that part out of the figure, but yeah, um, and those two. But, uh, I didn't cross those streams. I, I think that is very much uh, canonical, <laughs> quite literally. <laughs> uh, all right. Great question. Boy, we have we have ranged uh, the topics yet again on this episode of We've Q's. We've gone places. Ooh, ooh. Uh, we do have a power of the light side entry. Uh, this is something where we open up to uh, all patrons. If you want to share uh, a positive moment or a healing or helpful moment uh, from Star Wars, uh, we have a post going. Just scroll down a little bit and you'll find the uh, call for submissions. There's a picture of Obi-Wan Kenobi's smiling face there uh, offering you to share a power of the light side submission. Uh, this week we have one from William Sieg. William says, hello, Joseph, Ken, and Jennifer. This isn't as much of a story about Star Wars impacting my life as much as it is Force Center helping me through tough times. Forewarning, this gets a bit heavy, so I understand if you don't read it on the air. We are reading it on the air. Uh, William says, my dog was diagnosed with cancer in August of 2021. Her treatments were always on Tuesdays, and while I sat with her, I almost always listened to the latest Force Center. As you guys say, Star Wars can find you in unexpected places. One particularly difficult treatment I recall listening to you guys and hearing the Star Wars theme ringtone playing in the hallway. She responded well to her first round of treatment, but unfortunately, her cancer has returned. I sit here in the vet with her one last time on a Tuesday. Unfortunately, it is her last trip here, but once again, Force Center is here with me. Thank all three of you for helping me through tough times and bringing the light side to the world. Uh, Thank you, William. That's really, really uh, moving. It it is really... uh, kind of you to share. I know it's sometimes hard to share uh, these traumatic moments, but thank you so much for sharing. Ken, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, William, you know, I, I'm trying 
I'm slightly joking here, but I'm trying really hard not to cry for like the fifth time on Four Sinners there. But I know, <laughs> know this way. When, when Joseph sent the notes across and I read it, uh, I cried at my desk. Uh, I, I feel your pain. I feel that loss. And if we can have a tiny, tiny smidgen of, of any joy you can uh, or, or peace you can find in that moment, I'm, I'm honored to do it, honored to be part of your life in that way. Um, but it's all it's all this. It's all when we say we're not just talking Star Wars. Uh, nine years, uh, nine seasons of Four Center. We ain't just debating our favorite X-Wings. Uh, we are here for the journey. We're here for the community. We're here um, to celebrate this silly little space opera that means absolutely everything to us uh, and happy to, to do that. And this is part of that. Even in the darkest hours, uh, a ringtone, uh, a podcast with us talking about uh, He-Mans and Bible figures. It, <laughs> it, it's all part of the journey. And uh, much love to you. And, and I'm sure that um, your wonderful dog uh, experienced a, a wonderful life uh, on your lap and, and at your side. So, um, much love to y'all there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, obviously, we we talk about Star Wars. It is a Star Wars podcast, but we also really know that that people are choosing to to spend time with us, and it is really a, a high compliment that that can uh, make a difference. And um, that yeah. the, the ideas that are there in Star Wars that we want to pull out that we we need in our lives that that other people feel that way too really makes us all worthwhile. And yeah, William, I'm sure you gave wonderful, wonderful, uh, life, uh, to your friend, to your pet. Uh, I, I, um, I, I always think about the first pet I had that passed and I didn't feel like I could, uh, tell people, uh, <laughs> how much it hurt me. And I had a, a school counselor who was just really kind. I think it was like the first time I ever met with a school counselor because it was eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And they were like, how are you doing? And for some reason, you know, intuition, I just trusted this person. Yeah. <laughs> I said, oh, my dog, my, my mm-hmm. Dusty, I've had him my entire life. He's He's gone and I've never had to deal with that. And I kind of expected him to go like, yeah, I meant how are you feeling about, you know, taking swimming next semester? <laughs> and And he was like, that matters. You know, they, they are friends. They are part of our family. That really matters. And I'm sorry you're going through that. And having someone uh, treat that loss with respect was it was a really important moment in my life. I think that's a powerful sentence. That matters. I think uh, I think that resonates in a lot of different ways. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the loss the loss is real. The loss is real. Uh, and uh, like I said, happy to be a small part of it, William. Yeah, so thank you very much, William. Thank you, everyone, uh, for all the cues from the pods of Yothan <laughs> to hard real-life conversations. <laughs> We've talked about it all. So, Ken, uh, where can people find us? Hey, you can find us on Twitter uh, at Four Center Pod. We're on Hive Social as well. Facebook page is Four Center Podcast. We're on Instagram and YouTube as well. Subscribe over there so you can see the uh, shorts, uh, video essays. I don't know. I've, I, maybe we'll clip out the figure conversation so people can laugh with us there. I don't know. Uh, merch is available at tpublic.com slash user slash force center and patreon.com slash force center is where you can support us directly. And like I said, get into that, that discord. Uh, um, I know sometimes it might sound like a selling point and hey, it may, yeah, it is. It, it, it's exclusive, but it, the reason it's exclusive is we want people who want to be here in our community, in our discord, where I see you daily. Uh, and I interact with you daily. Um, I kind of maintain that side of it. What Joseph helps maintain the Patreon page and everything. So I, I see your names. I see I see your your virtual faces, and 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 it, it's curated for a reason. So it can be a wonderful uh, that matters space. We'll say uh, <laughs> over there. So join up over there if you want. You can find me at Ken Napsock or my website KenNapsock.com. Updates on a lot of things 
forthcoming. And uh, we got some uh, stuff for Star Wars Celebration soon. All that stuff coming your way. That is great. Uh, you can find me on all the social media at Joseph Scrimshaw. You can find uh, all my YouTube page with uh, short films, comedy, all sorts of stuff by going to YouTube and searching for Joseph Scrimshaw. Thank you for joining us on another wild ride of an episode. For now, for myself, for Ken, for Merman with a ripped ear, this has been Cues of the Force. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code buttery exclusions apply see site for details hey it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to Quince I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters sleek leather jackets fine jewelry and so much more with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands and they partner with factories that prioritize safe ethical and responsible manufacturing I love that Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.